This week, we're talking about purchasing your first investment property in Ontario. Hey guys, welcome back. It is just me this week. Unfortunately, Brandy is suffering from some jet lag and I couldn't get anybody else from the team to step in. So you're gonna be dealing with just me. I apologize, you got the black screen behind us again. If you don't know already, our studio did get flooded. So I think this TV was affected. We're trying to get it working, uh, but we'll see what happens hopefully in the next couple of weeks. And if not, we'll just deal with it from there. But let's jump into it. Buying your first investment property, the things to consider when you wanna do it. Number one most important thing, financing, financing, financing. You wanna get your financing in order. The reason being, this is your first investment property, it's a lot different than qualifying for just a primary residence. So uh, you're gonna look at certain things where you're gonna to have to do at least 20% down when you purchase it. In some cases, you might need more depending on what kind of lender you work with. As well, you might be looking at a higher interest rate. One thing to consider when you're purchasing a property, if it's a pre-existing rental property and the tenants are in there, the bank will actually use the income from that property to help you qualify for the mortgage. Uh, you also want to consider that this is gonna be a long-term investment. You're not looking at doing this for one, two, three years and flipping it, five years and flipping it. I would not go into it with that mindset. The way you get the real value out of these properties is by holding on to them long-term. Me personally, the properties that I have, I wanna hang on to until they're completely paid off and then the monthly rent that comes in, that's my income in my retirement because I don't have a retirement plan or a pension or anything like that. So this is sort of gonna be my income when I don't feel like selling houses uh, you know, in my 60s. So that's one thing to consider. Consider long-term investment. Uh, also know that you have to have some people skills if you're gonna be renting a property out. The biggest reason is you're going to be dealing with, you know, tenants. These are real people, you know, and I like to treat them just as customers as I do in business and provide tremendous customer service for them to make sure they have everything they need, make them feel comfortable because at the end of the day, it is their house. You are providing shelter for somebody, so you do have a responsibility to treat them fairly. Uh, I think, you know, you hear these horror stories of landlords and, you know, you've heard the bad stories, I'm sure. Uh, you don't want to be one of those landlords. Your first investment property, it's not like you have 50 properties that you, you know, things fall through the crack. You should have the time available to get to know your tenants, to be able to deal with them uh, appropriately and all the situations and just kind of have that good relationship. So people skills are important as well. Uh, you want to know that you're responsible for upkeep of the property. So this is where we're gonna talk about in the next section of the type of properties, but you are gonna be responsible for the upkeep. If you own a property and this is your first investment, so now this is your second property, you now generally have to maintain two houses. If that's what you're buying as a house or something, you have to maintain two properties. So consider that uh, if you already find maintaining one property a lot of work, you might not want, you know, investments might not be for you because now you're dealing with another property that you're gonna to have to deal with, which means you're dealing with, you know, two roofs, two sets of windows, two furnaces, two air conditions. So that's something to consider as well. And know that things are gonna break down. There's gonna be a lot of unforeseen expenses. So keep that into consideration. Unfortunately, you know, your furnace will break. You can't just tell it to keep working. You might have to replace it. Get a leak in the roof. Uh, one unfortunate one that I had, I had a raccoon 
get into the attic. So that cost me about $600 just for them to get the raccoons out, put the one-way door or whatever they do to get them out and keep them out. So that's just an unexpected expense. Something like that could pop up, so be prepared for it. If you have more questions about whether it's the financing or what you should consider before purchasing a property, drop a comment below. I'd love to answer it. Now let's talk about deciding what kind of investment property you want to purchase. As you know, uh, the categories that I would kind of break them into for your first investment, you're going to be looking at either detached home slash townhouse. You're going to be looking at a condo. You're going to be looking at a multi-use or multi-use, sorry, multi-unit property, which is two or more units, or you might be looking at a vacation property. Let's go through some of the pros and cons. So if you're going through a detached home or a townhouse, you're going to have a lot more maintenance. Reason being, as I mentioned in the previous segment, you're going to have things to worry about, roof, foundation, windows, furnace, AC, plumbing, electro, everything, every facet of a working house you have to maintain. So if this is your first investment property, understand that you are now taking care of two properties. As well, uh, with it being a single unit, if you put a tenant in there, the end of the lease comes up, they move out, and you don't re-rent it right away, you now have a vacancy of a month, maybe two months, before you get the next tenant in there. And that can actually mean that you're gonna have to carry two mortgages for that time period. You know, two property taxes, everything's coming out of your pocket. So just be prepared that that could happen to you, and you gotta know that you can float that if it happens. Um, another thing is, it can be easier to manage. So instead of a multi-unit where you're dealing with multiple uh, tenants and certain issues that they might have, this is just one tenant. Uh, you can charge you know, the rent, they pay the utilities, they set the utilities up in their name, you don't have to worry about it. They can be responsible for cutting the grass, shoveling the snow. So that's a little bit nicer than a multi-unit where you may have to hire a service to go in and do those things because you, you know, one of the tenants can't or you, just, you make one of the tenants responsible for doing it, uh, which we'll get into as well uh, these weren't really a great option over the last couple of years reason being the market obviously prices went crazy you couldn't even break even by buying a single house and renting it out we are starting to see that come back onto the horizon but we're not quite there yet so this right now is a first investment property as of july 15 2020 2022 might not be the greatest investment but it is coming that way let's talk about condos Condos are a little more turnkey, reason being is the condo corporation is responsible for everything outside of the unit. So that means the windows, the roof, if it's a you know condo townhouse or if it's you know just regular condo, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Um, you just worried for what's inside the unit, so it's a lot less maintenance. The only thing to consider with condo is there is the condo fees which can go up at any time. As well, if it's a poorly managed condo, you might get hit with a special assessment, which means say the roof of the building all of a sudden needs to be done and it wasn't prepared for by the condo corporation, you might get slapped with a $10,000 bill that you gotta pay right away. So you have a little bit less control, but it's turnkey. Uh, I know a lot of out-of-town investors like condos because they do sort of run themselves. You just you know pick a tenant, they live in there, they set up the utilities in their name, and you really don't have to deal with much on the inside of the unit. So they're a little bit more of a hands-off investment, but they can have big expenses in the long run if you're purchasing an older unit. Let's talk about multi-units. Uh, this is my favorite, but they are a little bit more expensive. I, uh, I have a multi-unit, I love it, it's two units. Um, the reason I like it is if one tenant were to leave, I still do have somebody in there helping to pay the expenses, which is great. Um, as well, you cash flow a bit better on multi-units. For example, if you purchase a single family home on the east 
mountain, the East Streets. You can probably rent it out for three thousand to thirty-two hundred a month. If you buy a mountain like home, same thing, bungalow, but it's two units, a legal two units, you could probably collect forty-two to forty-three hundred a month. So you get that extra thousand dollars a month, which really helps towards cash flow and gives you a bit of a cushion there. Uh, and that's why I like multi-unit. But one thing to consider with multi-unit now, you're dealing with more tenants. You got to make sure that there's a good cohesion. Um, between the tenants, uh, one thing I do is I usually just do it inclusive with expenses because I don't want tenants to get upset at each other over things like, you know, one guy takes a shower too long or somebody runs the dryer all day or doing laundry on peak hours so the hydro is high, like that sort of stuff I don't really want to uh, deal with. So it's better to just charge a bit more and put them in there. Um, and as well, picking tenants is important because like I said, you want to make sure that you have that cohesion. Vacation properties. Go back to episode 29, Alex Hill was on here. He owns a cottage that he rents out on Airbnb. It was full of fantastic information if you wanna purchase a vacation property. Um, my biggest thing with this is, if it's a vacation property and it's far away, uh, you have to understand that it could be a little bit difficult to do maintenance just because it is so far away. The one benefit, Alex essentially has a free cottage because he rents it out throughout the year. He uses it when he wants to use it. But when he's not gonna use it, he just rents it and it pays for all the expenses. So it's a nice little break as well. He'll even sometimes on a peak weekend like Canada Day, even though he wants to go to the cottage, he'll rent it out because maybe he needs that money to do a renovation on his property. So you can use these as your first investment uh, with flexibility, if you want a vacation property for free, you know, that's an option. But the financing is way different with those things. Go back, episode 29, watch it if you want to know all about vacation properties. Uh, and I guess that's pretty much a different type of properties that I recommend for your first investment. I wouldn't recommend getting into commercial. Uh, I just think there's just too much involved with that. The leases are very different. I think residential should be your first investment as a first investment property. If you guys have more questions about these types of properties uh, specifically, drop a comment below. I'd love to answer them. Now let's talk about some things to expect when you're renting out a rental property. Number one, number one thing to expect is the unexpected. And by that, I mean the unexpected expenses. Like I talked in the previous segment, I had raccoons get into the attic of one of our properties. It cost me $600 to get them out. Um, so that's an unexpected expense. You're not in your budget every year saying, okay, mortgage, property taxes, evicting raccoons. So that's something to consider as well when it comes to those expenses. Uh, if you buy a detached property, those unexpected expenses will be more and they will be more often. Because remember, you own a house, this is your first investment property, you already own a property, you know you get unexpected expenses. So just expect that to be doubled. One rule of thumb that investors use, I even use it personally, for every square footage of house, set aside a dollar per year for maintenance. So if it's a 2,000 square foot house, I generally expect, okay, $2,000, that'll be my maintenance budget. And then it sort of balances out in the long run. Number two, uh, one risk is picking the wrong tenant. I've been very fortunate. I'd say probably like 99% of the tenants out there are just great people looking for somewhere to live. Um, I do a pretty intense screening process when it comes to picking tenants. I've never had an issue personally. I've been very lucky and found great people. Um, they're actually amazing tenants, pay on time, very friendly, uh, very easy going. Uh, but I have heard horror stories from clients where they've picked the wrong tenant and the next thing you know, you have somebody squatting in your house for six months because you didn't do the proper due diligence. So that's just something to consider. Uh, expect that, you know, 
you're gonna do your best to pick tenants, but expect that you might sometimes make the wrong decision. Um, if you wanna know more about my screening process, drop a comment below, we'll reach out to you and uh, I'll break it down exactly everything I do, or maybe we'll make a video on it next week or in the future. As well, if you're purchasing a multi-unit property, you wanna make sure that you're picking tenants that have good cohesion. So, um, you know, one important thing to me was I didn't want to have like lots of animals in the houses or if somebody didn't like animals or kids or stuff like that, you want, kind of want to pick tenants that are going to fit good together and get along. You want to pick nice people just because it makes it a lot easier with a multi-unit that you don't have complaints uh, and you're dealing with politics in your unit. So that's a very important one. You don't have that issue with detached or condos, but more so you're going to get it if you own a multi-unit. So consider that those might be issues. Regular maintenance, I know we kind of talked about it with unexpected expenses, but there are expected expenses too, like regular maintenance. Um, furnace filter, you gotta change your furnace filter every three months. So you gotta make sure that that's getting changed every three months, whether you're doing it or you have a tenant doing it, it's still something you wanna keep an eye on because at the end of the day, the mechanical system is your responsibility. If, they're, you know, if it's not getting done and that furnace breaks or something happens, you gotta do a new furnace, that's your expense. So you wanna make sure that you are doing the regular maintenance in the house. I wouldn't rely so much on the people living there to do it unless you have that relationship with your tenant. I know some people, their tenants take care of the property um, better than I've seen some people take care of the houses they own. So it's all you know very situational, but just expect that there's gonna be that regular maintenance. And with that, you wanna have quick response times to issues. Um, like if a tenant has a problem like the dryer broke, and they text me at 10.30 at night, you wanna get back right away to say, okay, I understand, and then you wanna get on the phone with somebody to come and repair that dryer, because think about it, if you lived in a house and your dryer just stopped working, that's not the greatest thing. You want everything to be in working order as quick as possible, so you have to kinda of have that customer service standpoint, uh, which is quick response time, okay, I'll deal with the issue, be prepared for that. Don't be, you know, if you're up somewhere on a Saturday at a cottage, you get a text your tenant, be like, oh, I'll deal with it on Monday, I'll deal with it now, right? Just, that's a proper thing to do. Um, so expect, uh, expect that you're gonna get those texts sort of all hours and you will have to deal with it. Next, considering trades doing the work versus yourself. So I'm not a handyman. I usually hire trades to do everything. I just sent an electrician in to change all the smoke detectors at a house um, because I mean, I'm sure I could figure it out, but I don't wanna be fiddling around with it. So that's something you gotta make the decision to. Are you handy, are you gonna do a lot of the work yourself? Cause you'll save some money or are you gonna to have to hire and bring in a professional to do the work for you? Uh, so expect that you're also not gonna be able to repair everything yourself. Like if a dryer goes, you need an appliance repair guy, uh, which I'm fortunate to have an amazing one. Stuff like that, something electrical goes, furnace, gas, you know, all those things. You wanna have people on, sort of on call, build a team of people that can respond to these issues. Um, I have that team and I find anytime I get an issue, it comes in, boom, I text my trade right away. And usually within one to two days, they're in there remedying the issue. So it's just something that you wanna think about. Unless you're handy yourself and you can deal with it, then by all means, go ahead and do it. It's just not for me. Uh, as well, one thing to expect that we touched on previously is expect vacancies. It would be great if properties were just rented every month all the time. Unfortunately, you might run into situations where you have a little bit of layover time between tenants. So expect that you might have to float those two months rent. Me personally, I don't mind leaving a unit vacant for one month or two months if it's taking me a little bit of extra time just to sort of select somebody that I think will be a great fit for the unit. And 
to me, I'd rather lose that one month's rent than put somebody in there that might not pay rent for six months. So that's something to consider as well. Um, I have a great screening process for tenants. I mentioned it in the previous segment. Again, if you wanna know more about that, drop a comment. Super happy to help you with everything that I do. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in uh, and sticking with me solo today. I feel like I'm losing my voice. I apologize, I'm a very monotone person, but it was so much fun making this video. If you have any questions about purchasing your first investment property in Ontario, just let me know. Happy to answer it. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you again next week.